Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. Class action lawsuit. They may make it into the news, but what exactly are they? Who files them? And what might they mean to you? I'm Patrice Sikora with Foster and Motley's Tom Guidi. Uh, Tom, most people have gotten mail notifying them they're eligible to be part of a class action suit, usually because of something they bought. But really, what is this type of suit and why the cryptic mass mailings? Uh, good question. And class action lawsuits broadly, not just as it applies to investors, are lawsuits brought by a large group of people or representing a large group of people that have been harmed in a certain matter against a defendant who they're they're assuming is you know guilty of harming those people and bringing a financial consideration back to the plaintiffs the people who are uh, harmed in the matter now that applies specifically to investors because there's plenty of cases where there's a corporation or corporations that have harmed investors in some way. It could be that, oh, they withheld material information that later came out and a stock price dropped. Or it could be that the company that's responsible for auditing missed something along the way. Or maybe an investment bank eh, hid some information on behalf of a company so that they could keep the stock price high for a period of time. But when that information becomes public, it harms investors, the stock price falls, and eh, they look for somebody to blame. But you think about it in the terms of an individual investor who says, okay, well, how much did the stock price fall? Yeah, probably pretty good percentage but when you say well if i hold $10,000 of you know enron stock and oh it dropped to zero you know back in the early 2000s mm -hmm. can i really go out and get my own attorney to pursue that matter against enron or maybe the investment banks who were later found to be culpable or the auditors no no attorney's really going to take that individual case but attorneys are very interested in pursuing a case for millions and millions or even billions of dollars against all those potential plaintiffs. So there comes the class action lawsuit. So what is the class? The class is all the people that were harmed by Enron's collapse, all the investors who held Enron and were withheld information. Now, that's the biggest case the biggest class action case in history, but it serves as a pretty good example. And those attorneys, they went back after, you know, the investment banks or the auditors or the board members, even all the people that were really responsible for hiding information that led to its eventual collapse. And they ended up having a recovery. I think the recovery was probably in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 cents in the dollar took a decade or more. There was a lot of risk for the attorneys because they were paid on a contingency, meaning they only got paid if they won, but they pursued that matter till its, um, till its end. Now, uh, so investors ended up benefiting from these attorneys pursuing the matter. And it really 
is there because government agencies don't do this. I mean, government agencies will have enforcement actions against a company, and those fines don't really end up flowing to investors. So it's really left to civil litigation. So, but Tom, who brings the lawsuit? Who files it first of all? Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, these companies, they find the matter they want to work on. It has to look attractive for them. That looks has to be representing big dollars of potential harm. So big dollars of potential contingency fees. Right. They have to find a lead plaintiff to start with. So a lead plaintiff is the person or is the named plaintiff on the case. And so, you know, maybe they'll find like the endowment or pension fund that had a big position in a certain stock that was part of the class. And then once they found a lead plaintiff, they can press the case, they can bring it to the court and saying, we're proposing this as a class action. And then they say, if the court approves the case, then they can solicit members of the class to be part of the case as well. And who finds those members of the class? The members of the class would be known by really the custodians or the people that hold the stock for that period of time. So you know, if you're holding the stock at Charles Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard um, for that period of time, Schwab's responsible to forward the paperwork for the lawsuit to the individual investor. The investor has to file out a significant amount of paperwork to file for the claim the amount of money set aside by the court or by the company on orders of the court to resolve the case. And they file to say, okay, yeah, of that multi-billion dollar settlement, you know, we're filing for our piece. And then the, <laughs> the court decides you know, what little tiny percentage comes back to the individual investor. But it is a case of, okay, Custodian has to figure out the Schwabs or Fidelities of the world who potentially could belong to the class. The individuals have to fill out a bunch of paperwork, send it in to an administrator for the settlement, and then the administrator then determines how much each individual um, class member actually receives. And in the end, it's it's usually very small. It's small percentage of what they originally invested. You may have only invested a little bit in that company. If you had a you know broadly diversified portfolio, um, when we were doing these for our investors, it always seemed like, well, they got enough money to buy lunch, sometimes a nice lunch, but um, they were never really big checks. So when you start thinking about, okay, yeah, takes a lot of time to fill out the paperwork and send it in and postage and all the things involved with getting that done. Is it really worth doing? If it's just paperwork, I mean, on the part of the, the uh, individual, they're turning it back over to you, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was the case early on. And, you know, for us, that became a big administrative burden. So, you know, a while back, I think it was probably 10 years or more, we found a third-party administrator to handle class action lawsuits. So they're very good about identifying 
who's involved or who has an eligible member of the class for all of our clients, making sure all the paperwork is filled out correctly. They have a very, very limited power of attorney to be able to uh, authorize clients to be part of the class and then receive that payment and distribute it to the appropriate people. So for that, they take a small contingency, but for us, that was uh, well worth the cost. You mentioned that big cases can take years. About how long does an average case take? Do you know? You know, it it's going to be extraordinarily variable. And of course, it all takes a lot of time because you have to, you know, the attorneys have their work, which might come years after actually owning the stock. I mean, it's conceivable today. You get, you know, notice about a class action for something that happened 10 years prior. These things happen, um, you know, well after the fact sometimes when when everything is discovered. Court system can take some time. You know, I really couldn't put a finger on, okay, what is the typical? Because there really is no typical. It can happen decades later. Yeah. Well, an interesting discussion on class action litigation. If someone has a question, can they reach you about this and how? Absolutely. And so, yeah, especially our investors um, talk about how we actually handle class action litigation, the benefits for you. Feel free to speak to the advisors that you work with. Um, Otherwise, feel free to give us a call. Phone number is 513-561-6640, or you can visit our website, uh, www.fosterandmotley.com. And if you found this information useful, please subscribe or follow the podcast, and don't forget to share with others. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.